You're listening to Nick's Snacks and KFKA, hosted by Nick Kenny. Nick is the CEO of the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra and the 2019 Greeley Chamber Ambassador of the Year. Nick's Snacks also touches on local and global issues through Nick's perspective, offering unique insights into the world's happenings. Prepare to learn something new in this thought-provoking and entertaining show. You're listening to Nick Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice, here in the Allo Communications Studios in downtown Greeley. I'm your host, Nick Kenny, with Micah Kilpatrick behind the glass, co-host Alyssa Sanchez, just to my right, going without headphones today. I know, I'm going rogue. We've got I a think packed I can do it. studio with intern number two, Zach, who's a who's interning with the GPO this summer, and he's here on Tuesdays. This is his first day in studio. Mm-hmm. My is- intern, just kidding. Oh, yes. It's Alyssa's <laughs> intern as the uh, what? chief intern, chief, chief executive intern. Wow. I don't my think official title. that seems new. Mm-hmm. I thought lead intern was, well. Nope. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> sit behind a desk. Yep. And Dakota Coots, who's joining us in studio. We'll hear from Dakota later on. Hi, Dakota. Hi. I didn't want to tease you and like have you lean into the microphone just to, you know, not, not say anything. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we were off last week because I don't remember why. Oh, yeah, I, had, I couldn't record last week because I had a, a graduation ceremony. How was it? Oh, it was awesome. There was an incredible keynote speaker. His name was Brian Knight. I graduated from Leadership Northern Colorado. Um, Dakota, you were part of Leadership Weld County this year. Um, oh, such incredible programs. But this one, oh, he, he was, it was weird. We had our keynote speaker at like 730, and then we had a full day of class afterwards. Um, was the whole class just pump and circumstance over and over and over vamping? Yeah, that was actually going through my head because <laughs> I hadn't walked in graduation since my undergrad. I didn't walk with my master's or we didn't get a graduation for Leadership Weld County. You didn't walk when you got your master's? No, why am I going to walk? For the praise? For the glory? No. The one moment of glory? Okay. Yeah, right. I've only had one. Um, <laughs> right. I don't know. My family wasn't out here. No one was seen me walk, so it was, yeah, no. Well. I had no interest there. Hmm. Plus, you had to rent your robes at like 120 bucks, like for crying out loud. I know. Graduation just, this year is going to suck It was silly. Me. It yeah. was silly. <laughs> Anyhow, um, that was remarkable. The keynote speaker was amazing, and it's, uh, he was talking about, oh, what was it? Um, e plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. Mm -hmm. And put that all into, like, perspective because, I mean, I'm a very competitive person. I get kind of emotionally charged (laughs) at times, mostly on the ice if I'm playing hockey and I give up some goals. I get kind of grumps and I get kind of frustrated and I start playing a little more aggressively and not thinking. So, actually, when I got my butt kicked Wednesday night after graduation, um, I mean, I got lit up. Seven goals. That was not a fun (laughs) night for Nick. But I'm like, you know what? E plus R equals O. The only thing that you have any control over is not the event, is not the outcome. It's the R. It's the response. Mm -hmm. And how are you going to respond to that particular situation? So I'm like, well, another goal got in. But did I do my best? Did I, you know, well, no, that one time I didn't. But... You know, it was a, I had a much more enjoyable experience getting my butt kicked on the ice. And I was a lot chipper, you know, to my defense and my team, um, not being grumpy pants and kind of huffing and puffing from the crease. I was like, no, it is what it is. We might get our butts kicked tonight, which we did. But, you know, still week two into the season, a brand new team. So we're trying to get each other's movements figured out, our lines figured out, our energies. And um, we're not really in sync, but E plus R equals O. So did you kind of shift to more of a... 
like acceptance or growth mindset, or I guess kind of both. Uh, like there's room to grow, or this is what oh, there's always room to grow. Well, yeah, but I feel like that can get you in a. I will also say I faced forty six shots that night, and that's a lot of shots. That's Normally I face like twenty, so I got peppered, mm. pepper sprayed, not pepper sprayed, but <laughs> got mixed um, on the ice. No, it was just a, how am I going to react to this? I mean, that's probably the most challenging part of being a goalie is the mental portion of it. Like physically, it's incredibly demanding, um, side to side, you know, up down, up down, up down. You know, the exhaustion there, and like if that's the case, like my energy grows whenever I'm having like shot after shot after shot on me. Like that's exciting. And then once the puck leaves the zone, I'm like, okay, I need, I need to, I need to take a breath or four. Mm. Um, so I just get energized by that physicality of it. But it's the mental aspect of dang it, you know, I was like blocking, saving, blocking, saving, and then it finally went in. I'm like, crap. And that just like deflates you. Um, so for me, it was, well, what could I have done differently? What could I have recognized for my team to do? And, you know, really just trying to be okay with the outcome or the event, which was, you know, giving up a goal and then going over to the bench afterwards and trying to give some some construction, some constructive criticism to the team of here where I'm seeing where you could improve. And here's where we can capitalize on some of their weaknesses. Otherwise, let's just keep having fun. And I like to chat on the ice, you know, just, mm. you know, little quips and quibs there just to make sure the defense knows I'm still in net and giving them some positive encouragement. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it was good. It was a fun game. But then halfway through, I'm thinking, wait, am I too calm right now? Maybe I need to light a fire <laughs> under my butt so I can actually save some dang goals. Um, mm. I'm trying to find that balance. We'll see how this week goes. Do you feel like you perform? This is a kind of a rude way to word this. Do you feel like you perform less well when you're calm? Like in uh, hockey or no. life? No. I don't know. I don't know. I like you do well in stressful situations. Well, I do. So it's a... Um, there's I, there's no point whatsoever on the ice where I'm sitting there calm. How's that? You said you were too calm. I was calmer than normal. Ah, uh, but still stressed. Yes. Mm, okay. I wasn't like a... Ah, here comes another puck at my face. Hmm, this will be fun. <laughs> no. It was, yeah, it was just a fight really hard, make sure I'm doing the best that I can. I'm reading the puck well. I'm seeing the puck well. Um, and then it just so happens they score. I'm like, well, yeah, that was that was a good play. You could, you know how football players have super, mm, that wasn't right, touchdown dances? Yes. You could come up with a when the other team scores dance to outcome. No. <laughs> I will not celebrate with the team. But you are a dance star, an award-winning dancer. I was, but that was... One-time thing. Yep. Yep. Got it. Yep. One and done. Got it. Uh, we'll see Got what it. happens in the All-Star year if that ever comes out. The dream. The dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was the night. You know, I didn't really care. I got my butt kicked because the next morning I went to Denver and enjoyed the Stanley Cup victory parade. How was that? That was one of the most memorable experiences of my life. <laughs> it looked insane It on was Facebook. so much fun. I went down with a good friend of mine and his son. We carpooled. We went down to Westminster, hopped on the train, and parked right at Union Station. Nice. Um, I'm glad that Comic-Con, or sorry, Denver Fan Expo, um, <laughs> didn't have the same, you know, the, the same day it started because it would have been awesome to see the train full of, like, orcs and hobbits and then a bunch of hockey fans. Like, <laughs> how epic would that have been? My world's colliding as far as my nerd fandom goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was awesome to share that experience. Half a million people were down there. Half a mm. million people. And we were right at the start of the parade, which was awesome. We're camped down there for about three hours before it started, you know, chatting with people around us, making sure we had really good good spots. Wow. There were no seats. Um, everything was fine until, like, kind of those those P- 
people with their big religious signs started protesting and marching up and down the parade quarter telling us we were all going to burn in hell. Um, So that was neat. Um, (laughs) Didn't care for that portion of the experience. But other than that, it was a blast. And the parade started. Oh, my gosh. Like the energy that came from the crowd was just contagious. It was one of the most amazing experiences. And the Avs aren't even my favorite hockey team. But I never looked at it. No. Wow. I'm, I'm, We're winners. I'm a lo- yeah, I know. I know what that's like. My team <laughs> I'm going to work on you, Nick. I know. People say that all the time, and I'm stubborn, so good luck. Hats off to them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, oh, my gosh, the energy and like seeing the players. And, no, of course, no one recognizes anybody because their beards are all shaven from the, from the playoffs. And, like, you know, they're, they're like, there's somebody standing next to me. They don't look as big as they do on their ice. Like, of course not. They don't have their pads on. Like, right. Plus, they're four inches taller when they're on ice skates. So, like, everyone's like, that's Darcy Kemper. He looks tiny i'm like well i'm a goalie and i'm kind of small too so yeah yeah, people goalies aren't like 300 pound people they're just beefed up with the gear Mm. but it was awesome the guy next to us that we were standing by his only goal was to throw a beer to an avs player and have them catch it so the first one uh, sam gerard was going by one of the first players you know and this fire oh it was awesome sirens going off everywhere everyone's just cheering 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 and so he tosses it and i was like that's not gonna make it that's not far enough well he catches it oh i have the video of that he opens it up and he just dumps it all over his face like nine o'clock in the morning ten o'clock oh in the God. morning it was awesome and then you get to see um they celebrated the mammoth they celebrated du because they all won championships wow. um and then eventually you know we got to like oh my god it's a you know, I'm like my spidey sense is tingling. You know, like I'm going to see the Stanley Cup. This is going to be incredible. And of course, the, one of the last fire trucks come. I mean, they have the Clydesdales there. They have the mayor of Denver who's there. They have the coaches that are there. The owners, Joe Sackick and um, uh, the GMs and stuff. It was just. Oh my gosh, they're like a stone's throw away, just like waving and cheering, losing my voice. Um, and then, you know, the Con Smythe trophy comes with Caleb McCarr, and it was like, oh my gosh, that's like, I know what's coming next, I know what's coming next. And then, of course, around the corner comes the Stanley Cup, and that's when, like, the crowd just lost it. Did so, you hear angels sing as you saw it? I mean, I think I was floating above ground at that point, right. and, which is fascinating. It was uh, remarkable. It was. It could have been the Hey Dudes that I was wearing, the most comfortable shoes on the planet. But um, I'm not endorsed by Hey Dudes, and I can't give that endorsement yet. But you know, what? we'll see what happens if somebody's like listening. But oh my gosh, they're comfortable shoes. Um, so got to see that. It was just incredible. The turnout for for you know hockey fans and and for the city of Denver. And went back up to Westminster, started started eating and and celebrating and watching the rest of the parade on TV, where there's. I don't know, 300,000 people in Civic Center Park. Wow. Insane. I saw something on Facebook that they dropped the Stanley Cup a bunch of times. Oh, uh, you know, that happens. Mm. Um, there's an incredible position called the Keeper of the Cup. This guy's been doing it for 21 years. Wow. And he has to go with the Stanley Cup everywhere. The Keeper of the Cup. The Keeper of the Cup. That's quite the title. That's something to aspire to. I, You know what? I you? really am happy with my career, but <laughs> I wouldn't mind right. uh, an opportunity. No, he has to travel 300 days of the year, if not more, with the Cup. And to see what players do to that is, I mean, they dropped it the first night they won the Cup. You yeah. know, they had that big dent in it. Mm. Um, but those things get beaten down. It's sad. I can't believe there's a keeper. Oh, it's amazing. But that is the most cherished trophy in history because there's only one. There's only one Stanley Cup. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. There are actually three. Well, there's replicas, but there's only like one. It's like the team doesn't get to display a Stanley Cup after the year that they win it. You know, it, it goes back to the NHL. It's not like a World Series trophy where every baseball team gets to keep that if they win the World Series or the Lombardi trophy for football. Um, it's the most coveted trophy in all of sports. Most importantly, there's only one keeper of the cup. 
There is only one keeper. That's what you took away from that, Alyssa. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yes, new job, job opportunities. <laughs> That's my resume. <laughs> yeah. I'm loyal. I really yeah. like the Stanley Cup. Yeah, but it's pretty interesting. My knees still go weak when I'm in its presence, which only happened once, but oh, oh, sensational. Mm-hmm. Stay wow. tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Nick's Snacks, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, or wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere, a lot of other places, too. Anywhere, a lot of other places. Okay, thanks, Alyssa. Really tongue-tied today. Yep, that Jeez. just happens. We had a week off, so, you know, it just kind of goes. Nick's Snacks is brought to you by 477 Distilling, located in downtown Greeley. Dangerously delicious cocktails. What more is there to say? I mean, they're dangerously delicious. They are. Mm-hmm. They are very, very good. You know, I'm, I'm. Everyone knows I'm a fan of bourbon, so I will just enjoy that as much mm-hmm. as I can. But their milkshakes are also so good. <laughs> they're they have an orange milkshake, like tastes like an orange dreamsicle. They have a lemon drop milkshake, which I think is better than the orange one. They have this like French toast type. Oh my gosh, they're just so good. Well, if they have yeah, one I'm that a, tastes like I, Mountain Dew. Like I'm totally in. Sour Sam. Every time I bring them there, it's like all they talk about. So. The cherry sour Sam. Yeah. Oh, that's good too. <laughs> Can't lose. Everything's tasty. Right? 477. <laughs> I just had their anniversary party a few weeks ago. Oh, that was so much fun. I got the cask strength. I mean, that's like pure fuel. Have you tried it? No. Oh, sure? I tried it there. Oh. But like, I didn't even open up my bottle from last year. I got home. I go, why do, what, what have I been doing with myself? Why not drink it? So that's another good question. Are you a saver or are you somebody who wants to enjoy it in the moment? Um, you know, it's more like special occasions. Oh, okay. So I'll have bourbon nights every now and again at my house and bring out another bottle that I haven't opened up yet. But that one's, I mean, that's a sacred one to me. It's but very, very special. I haven't even opened up the one from last year. What am oh, I yeah. doing? Yeah. You're going to have them all stored up after a while. That's the plan. Yeah. And then in your old age, you and your cast strength bourbon. That's what I'll have as I reminisce <laughs> on the memories of seeing the Stanley Cup and, and yep. yeah. The, the keeper even. The keeper of the cup. I might even be the keeper. So on those rare 65 days off a year. <laughs> Fill it with all your cast strength bourbon. And, yeah. um, I got to drink out of the equivalent of the Stanley Cup for the ECHL. It's called the Kelly Cup. And friends of the family, when I was living in Indiana, owned the Fort Wayne Comets, and they had won that one year. So I got to drink Bud Light out of, uh, out of the Kelly Cup a few years ago. Did it taste like, better because it was out of the Kelly Cup? Well, you know, it had that kind of tinny, tinny sensation, you know, because mm. you're drinking from the rim of, you know. Mm. Tastes like a winner. Yes. <laughs> Glad I didn't put orange juice in there. Let's just say that. Yep. Would have mm-hmm. been horrible. Mm-hmm. So to cap off like one of the best weeks of my life, graduating, <laughs> uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, um, actually not a bad round of golf on Friday. I hit under 100 again. Man, wow. I'm just getting... Better and better. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I at least wasn't <laughs> over 100 because that doesn't happen very often. That's and then what happened Saturday? Oh, yes, the Nerd Show. Me, Micah, and Scott Magerflush, um went down to Denver Fan Expo, um, formerly known as Denver Comic-Con until San Diego Comic-Con sued him for naming rights. Good heavens. Dun, dun, dun. Just roll my eyes at that. <laughs> um, anyway, it was, oh, my gosh, there was probably 100,000 people there. It was insane. But uh, I got to see Anthony Daniels. He's... It was C-3PO in all of the movies. Um, he's kind of pretentious. I'll Did say it on there. Did he dress up? Did he? Did you? No. You have 
the perfect costume. I know, but everyone has the perfect costume at Comic-Con. Um, Denver Fan Expo. Fan Expo. <laughs> no, I didn't dress up, but I had my Nerd Show polo um, yeah. with my handle from the Nerd Show, which airs uh, right before um, Nick Snacks. So if you missed it, then just tune into Spotify tomorrow morning or 1310kfk.com, wherever you get your podcast. Just click, click, click. We got all the things. Or um, the Nerd Show 1310. That's our Facebook page. That is. There's so many things. I can't even keep my life straight, but I'm glad I have a team here that's helped me. Yes. Um, so it was awesome. I love walking up and down Artist Alley to see all the creatives that are there. Um, I got a couple new pieces of art for my house just because I have a lot of dead wall space that I need to, you know, nerd out a little bit. Um, but met this incredible actor, uh, or not actor, artist who's done a lot of contracting for Lucasfilm, for Disney. Um, and really liked his artwork, so picked up some pieces there, just kind of browsing around. Micah got lost at the Legos. We'll talk about this on the Nerd Show in a few weeks. <laughs> I didn't um, get lost. You got I lost l- in the world of Legos. Yes, I got lost in the world of Legos. It was magical. Almost lost my mind. Well, you're already on the brink of that anyway for any given <laughs> That's time. True. But so you put yourself in a large crowd with Legos. That was that was a sight to see. Um, but my like time to shine was we got to, to sit in a panel with Billy Boyd, who played Pippin in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I love the Lord of the Rings. Um, I've got a tattoo from the Lord of the Rings. I haven't even told my parents I had a tattoo yet. Well, that came out on air. <laughs> oh, my mom just told me when you're talking this morning, well, I don't talk to you very much, but I listen to Nick Snack, so I feel like I know what's going on in your life. <laughs> this one's for you, Mom. Yeah, there you go. Uh, see you in October when I'm home. Anyway, um, yeah, and a shout out to Pippin. A little pipsqueak. Um, so I love the Lord of the Rings. It, you know, the music, the the story, the saga. The, oh, I just love it. So, you know, I get up and, and Billy Boyd's there. He's a Scottish actor. I would try to do a Scottish accent, but I would embarrass myself even more so than the normal fake accents <laughs> that I try to do. Well, they're not fake accents or real accents. that sound horrible. Um, but, you know, I, we, uh, he took questions from the audience and uh, we had this strategy like, all right, Scott's going to sit here. Mike's going to sit here. I'm going to sit here. So whatever microphones open up first, I'm going to beeline it to that and elbow people out of the way if I have to mm-hmm. just to be able to ask, you know, some questions to, to Billy Boyd. Um, so, you know, they open it up. and um, But beforehand, you know, there's a line in the movie where all the hobbits are drinking beer right when they get to, uh, to Bree. Um, I think they go to Bree. Bree? Uh, I can't remember. This is I'm on. Um, but you know, Mary comes back, who's played by Dominic Monaghan, and he's like, "What's that?" Because his beer is a lot taller than everyone else's. All the other hobbits and hobbits are like the little, the little, the little Shire folk. Um, and Pippin looks and goes, "What's that?" And he goes, "This, my friend, is a pint." And he goes, "It comes in pints." I'm getting one. It's like, well, you already have a half one already. So anyway, when he's introduced, you know, the, the whole crowd's like excited. He's like, well, hey, Denver. It's like, so what's Denver known for? And people are like, beer. And he's like, what kind of beer? And they're like, oh, they're all shouting out all these beer. Uh, and it gets kind of quiet. And I yell, it comes in pints. Oh, my God. And he goes, it comes in pints. I'm getting one. I was like, yes. Uh, you had a moment. I had a moment. We had a connection. It was fantastic. Wow. So then it got time to ask uh, ask for uh, like questions from the audience. So I go up. And believe it or not, I got really nervous to ask a celebrity you know, a question. Your idol. One of the idols, yeah. I go, first of all, I have a cat named Pippin, and it totally lives up to the namesake. So he was really happy to hear hear that. Um, but then I asked him, I said, so, Billy, we, we go way back. I use his first name. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, full 12 minutes from when I had a, right. you know, that, that one-liner the from the yeah. audience. Uh, I said, you're an accomplished actor and a musician. What was it like to have one of the most powerful musical experiences um, 
uh, in the in the Return of the King, like he's saying, as the steward of Gondor was eating, as he sent his son to you know basically on a suicide mission, and he's like, "Sing for me, Hobbit." Um, I go, "Is that something you brought to the table? Is it something that the cast or crew wanted implemented? Like, how did that come to be?" He says, "Oh, well, one night after shooting, we were all uh, at a at a bar and doing karaoke and drinking, and so he got up and he was doing some." Some uh, some singing and a writer from Lord of the Rings was there, and he's like, "We've got to find a way to get Billy to sing in the, in the, in this series." Like, you know, well, Howard Shore, the composer, already had all the everything planned out, mapped out. There was no time for him to add anything. So, and then they were starting to film that that part in Minas Tirith, and they did, they filmed Lord of the Rings. We'll talk about this on the Nerd Show. So, tune in in a few weeks to that as we really dive deep into that. Um, all three movies at once. So, you know, the first scene of the entire saga was the hobbits saying goodbye to Gandalf. Like, it's like, hey, hi, I'm Ian McKellen. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. Cool. Let's all be sad as this entire saga is over. You know, um, and that was an interesting question that I won't bring in now because I think we're running out of time. Um, so just for that to happen, for them to be filming a scene where it would fit really well, uh, they asked, like, Billy, you have two days. Do you think you could write something for us? So he wrote that that song wow. um, and sang it. And then he sang for all of us in the uh, on the, in the panel. There's probably, I don't know, 1,500 people there, if not more. Um, and he just sang. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was so awesome. My bucket was overflowing. It was so neat to, to be able to you know, connect with him, ask him a you know, question that was really interesting and intriguing, um, and for him to, to sing for all of us. Was it magical? It was. Wow. It was you, an incredible weekend. Were you weekend. wearing your comfy shoes so you were floating again? I was. Wow. Boy, you just know me, Alyssa. <laughs> you just know me. Yep. Hey, dudes. Got him at Shields. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we're going to hear from Dakota Coots when we come back from this break. Stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nick's Next, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA here in the Aloe Communications Studios. We have Dakota Coots in studio. And before Dakota, I give you this full reign of the show. Actually, that doesn't really happen, but um, I have to share a tragic story. Oh, I I'm know worried. so many of the stories have been so positive uh, just about this past week that you knew there had to be some sadness. Right. For those who listened last year um, and followed the saga of the chirps. Oh, it was right when Alyssa started with the GPO. I had the Chirps. Edie and Dick Chirps moved into my blue spruce named Bruce. That's where they built their home. And we had an incredible saga on my Instagram just about what that, that was like. We had the neighborhood cat. We had the sparrows coming after those little robin eggs. Uh, we lost two. Uh, but Luke and Leia survived. Um, I hope they're flourishing. Anyway, uh, Saturday night, I'm preparing to smoke butt. Uh, preparing to smoke a pork butt for a barbecue the next day. Um, and I was putting everything on. I'm like, what the heck is this, like, noise? And there was this little um, little chirpling. And it wasn't a chirpling, but it was a little, little bird uh, that had clearly fallen out of a nest from one of the trees in my backyard. And it wasn't flying or anything. So I was like, oh, well, that what I can't take in a bird. Like, I 
cats that would mutilate this thing. I didn't know what to do. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I can try to feed it. I can try to do this. Okay, we'll put it by the, the nest. Maybe the mom and dad will come. It was just too young to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I started documenting that on my Snapchat story and, and getting that all, you know, hoping for a success. Um, and I was like, wait, I should give it a home. So I went and got the chirps old nest out of my blue spruce named Bruce and uh, put um, Albus. I named him Albus. Um, in it, and he was lively. He was chirpy. Um, let him go all night. Went out the next morning early, early to check on on the pork, and he just wasn't doing too well. He was lethargic. He was struggling. And then I, Aww. that's when I got the droppers out, and that's when I actually picked him up to hold him, which you shouldn't do. Birds are vile and full of infestations. But I had some gloves on. Didn't really work because I still got whatever. Um, and I was starting to feed him with a little, little dropper, um, wetting some some dry cat food just to try to uh, – I almost went to the extremes of trying to feed it like a mama bird would. Um, <laughs> you almost threw up on this baby bird. Is that what you're implying? Uh, so you know. Okay. It was a joke. I didn't actually do that. Got it. I didn't – yeah. But anyway, um, but Albus didn't make it. By the time oh. I got home from my bike ride, uh, I went to check on him, and he had passed. Oh, did you give him a funeral? You know, I uh, postponed it until sundown on Monday night, and mm. it turns out the entire nation had a celebration for Albus's life. Wow. Fireworks everywhere. Like, just because he could never fly. Yeah. So the fireworks he, might as well. The fireworks flew for him. It's amazing what'll bring this country together. Yep. God, <laughs> we need all the help Albus. we can get at this point. <laughs> yep. Sarah, sad he couldn't be more of an international sol- uh, sensation, but... That's one right. nation's good enough, I think. Uh, one one neighborhood, and even then, one house. Hmm. And whoever followed my Snapchat story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, wow, that's so sad. Yeah. Well, life will go on. Not for Albus, but for <laughs> us. <I guess. laughs> oh, poor Albus! And I was conflicted because I volunteer the National Park Service, and I'm not supposed to interfere with wildlife. So I was conflicted the first three hours of, what do I do? Hmm. And you did all you could. But was it enough? Clearly not. <laughs> no, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but you tried. Oh, poor Albus. R.I.P. Albus the bird. This one's for you. Are you going to sing? No, well, five thousand candles in the wind or something. The podcast. Ah, uh, yes. This podcast is dedicated in Albus's memory. Yes. Dakota, thank you so much for being on this show. Dakota is a sensational loan officer. I don't know if that's your official title, but I think I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> that's perfect. See, well, tell us about how you got into your world. I'm sad to follow that Albus story now with me about mortgages, but <laughs> morbid. Don't go into morbid mortgages. We'll just go for mortgages. I had a heartbreaking, tragic story about a fish that died this weekend. I <gasps> won him at the fair. No. My son named him Fish and Fishy. We won two of them, <gasps> and one of them he's not quite gone yet, but he is going. Is it he's fish or way. is it fishy? Fish. Oh, oh that's so gosh. sad. Yeah. My friend has a fish also named Fish. Really? Yeah. What so, kind of fish is fish? A little gold fish. Mm-hmm. And his tail is all, you know, sucked in and he's like breathing. He's still breathing. My husband will not flush him down the toilet until he's officially dead. Thanks. So yeah. we're just seeing if he'll maybe snap. We're praying every night for fish that maybe snaps out of it. Does he have a bubbler? So I'll check on him. I'm a, I'm a proud fish parent. A bubbler? Like in his tank. Some fish, Oh, yeah. Like he, a, do- mm. he does, but he's... Only two days old. Oh, well. <laughs> well, two days from the fair. <laughs> well, <laughs> from the Greeley Stampede. Oh, no. But, you know. But, well, you know, going into really that unfair. sad, tragic life <laughs> of our animals. Um, mortgages. 
So boy, we can really spin this around. Rates are going up. up. There's nothing happy to talk about on this show. No. um, What did you ask me? How did I get into what I'm doing? Yeah. When did it call to you and and sing? Just like you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's actually kind of a cool story. So I was in banking for six years, and we in that time we had bought our first house, my husband and I, and we did not have any money. We didn't have good credit. We didn't think that we were going to be able to buy a house. We didn't think it was possible. But I had just started working at this bank. And um, I was like, you know, it'd be it'd be cool to buy a house. And so we got connected with um, a loan officer, and he had told us about a down payment assistance program. It's called Chaffa. And he was like, you guys are closer than you think. So we ended up buying our first house. $3,000 was all we ended up spending on our first house. And it was like a light bulb for me that went off for my future. I was like, okay, I never went to college. I barely graduated from high school. I'm able to own a home with barely any of my own money out of pocket. And that first home we bought six years ago. Now we have that home as a rental. We have another rental. We just bought a third house. And that house was like the beginning of us being able to actually become like financially, you know, stable. And so I told my husband, I was like, someday I am going to do that for people. I want to be a loan officer and I want to be able to help them buy homes. And so it took me four years from when we bought our first house, but I like took that four years to get into it. And now here I am. I've been doing it for two years. That's amazing. And you have, you're like, you're on TikTok, right? Yeah. I still don't understand TikTok. <laughs> I'm on TikTok. Yeah. But you're like, well, you just had like 100,000 followers or something like that? 20. Okay. So not quite. You're almost to 100. <laughs> maybe after this podcast, we'll see a little oh, boost. Oh, yeah. Maybe it'll go up to 100. I have to be on TikTok, I think, before before that before can happen. Right? But dang it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's incredible. So two years, uh, which firm are you with? Is it called a firm? Which company? Um, I'm with a direct lender. NFM Lending is what they're called. Uh, I was with First National Bank af- right after I was at Wells Fargo, was the bank I worked at before that. And I moved to NFM because their social media, you know, backing is huge. Mm-hmm. And so really that's when I started focusing on, like, gaining business from TikTok, which it's crazy how TikTok works. I mean, I have received 195 direct people that want to do a mortgage with me in the last month. Wow. From TikTok. Can you do that? Crazy. Do they have to be in Colorado? Are you licensed all over the place? How does that work? So my team can help in 47 states. I'm personally licensed in six. Can we guess which three? Please don't tell me it's guess. the Dakotas. That'd be really awkward. Oh, that'd be awkward. Yeah. That'd be really <laughs> awkward. You can guess. Uh, let's say um, Alaska. Yep. Hawaii. Yep. Texas. New York. Oh. Interesting. Okay. New York is really f- finicky with their rules and laws and stuff to get licensed and they have very strict rules on social media advertising so it's hard to get licensed there for what we do because we're tiktok people Hmm. Hmm. so does everybody there do a social media based my team yes so so there's eight of us on my team my uh the vp is scott betley He's the mortgage guy on TikTok. He has almost a million followers. Wow. And he brings in about 4,000 mortgage leads a month on TikTok. Wow. It Do you just crazy. post mortgage-specific content? Or mostly what? mortgage stuff, yeah. That's I sometimes cool. sprinkle in life stuff, but mostly mortgage. So. When you do that, because I've seen some of your, your reels or mm-hmm. whatever you post on Instagram, and you're just so poised and so you know good at just 
giving out information and it comes so naturally to you. Thank when you. we try to do a damn video in the <laughs> office, it's like, cut, nope, what word did I say there? <laughs> Idiot. But I can like host a couple of live shows and it's like, I don't know. It's practice. Practice makes I don't want to say perfect because no one's ever yeah. perfect. Yeah, no, I like yeah. that. Practice, Practice makes, makes progress. progress. Mm-hmm. It's so true because if you look back at the past videos that I've done, oh my gosh, like it's bad. Night and day. We'll hear more from Dakota Coots after this short break. Stay tuned. More Nick Snacks coming right back. I think that's I think that's right. Yeah. Funnily enough, I'm at, down at uh, Denver Fan Expo last week, and someone comes up to me and says, "You're the guy from the distillery." I'm like, "Okay, I know I wear a lot of hats in the community, <laughs> from hosting events at the distillery, being at the distillery, um, stuff with the GPO, with hockey, with uh, nerddom, all that fan stuff, with Nick Snacks, the Nerd Show." It's like, how, "How do you know me in Denver from 477 Distilling?" He goes, and I'm so bad with recognizing. I have deja vu. I recognize faces, but not names. Right. Um, you know what? If they can patent uh, Comic Con, why can't can I patent deja vu? Let's start. Deja vu. Yep. Everyone experiences it. I know you from somewhere. I just don't know your name. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why. I, anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he played a rock paper scissors tournament. Wow. Um, a couple months ago, and Did apparently I made fun of his parents. <laughs> Not like made fun of, but they were competing <laughs> against each other. I says, so does a loser of you two have to sleep on the couch tonight? Oh. Apparently that resonated strongly with him, and that's where I was recognized out <laughs> in Denver. Hey, you're that guy from the distillery. You mocked my family. Yep. Nice. Mm. It's a good legacy to have. Challenged me to a duel. No, Did he didn't. He? Oh. That'd be cool, though. Hmm. No, yeah. it wouldn't. Interesting. Yeah. We're here with Dakota Coots, who found her way into the mortgage lending business after, I don't know, kind of just stumbling upon a chaffa. Chaffa. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is more like down payment assistance programs, right? For yeah. those trying to buy a new home. So I know probably the stories are very similar to a lot of realtors and loan officers out there of just like being able to help people and, and get them into a home when they thought they couldn't. But what are like some top two moments that you've had, even in just the past like month or so, um, in your job? Oh, that's a good one. So I had some clients that I had been working with for two years. So since I started with um, in mortgage, I had been coaching them, getting their credit up, working with a credit repair person to get them ready to be able to buy. And they actually closed two weeks ago. And there was tears in their eyes. They were so grateful. They brought me a gift, which never happens. (laughs) Um, And that is why I do what I do. Like, to be able to have a client so motivated and so determined. And really we say, like, if we say no, it's not no, it's just not yet. Mm -hmm. And if people are determined and will get their way into, like, being able to buy and they do the things we tell them to do, they eventually will be able to do it. Uh, And these people were the perfect example of someone who did. So that was one that really stuck out to me. That's amazing. In the last month or so, yeah. And 
not all of your clients are waiting two years, but that shows the discipline for them to, I don't know, overcome those barriers and those challenges. And Yeah, and they, you know, stuck it out the whole time. They checked in with me. When they would get one thing done, they would reach out to me for the next thing that they needed to do. And, you know, that's all you really need. If you have a, if you have a dream about something, whatever it is, owning a home, you know, um, investing in something, purchasing an investment property, like... If you want to do it, you can. It's just doing the everyday things that are going to get you there. And I think that they were just like proof of that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. Cool. And like that's sadly like the fundamental way to build wealth in this world is really by homeownership and property. Yeah. I, and a lot of people are kind of talking about rates right now. Rates are going up. Uh, the market is shifting. The market is a completely different market than it was three months ago. Uh, and a lot of people are using that as a reason to not buy. And what I would say to that is that timing the market never works. You know, time in the market is what builds wealth over time. And real estate is always, you know, known to be a conservative investment, a stable investment compared to some other things that you could invest in. So I always try to educate people on that where it, the right time is the right time for you and your family, not for, you know, what other people are saying the market's going to do. There was a meme or something that somebody had posted. I know a lot of loan officers and and, and um, realtors and stuff, uh, but it was trying to not really incentivize people to continue buying in this market, but rather like the rate that you get now is not the rate that you might have in five years or in 10 years if you mm-hmm. refi. So like, look at that right now. It's kind of like kind of like dating. It's like, well, I'm not really sold on this interest yep. rate. Um, but Marry the house, date the rate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Yep. That's what people say. Well, but that's the thing is everyone's like people will say in 2008 that that's what people were saying. Oh, you can always refinance. We don't want to ever tell people that like, oh, you can just always refinance. But the truth is, historically, rates don't stay the same forever. So whatever you're buying will eventually probably not be the loan that you end your 30 years in. So we want to do something that makes the most sense for the next five years versus what makes sense for 30 years. And that gets you in. I mean, I know when I was – I'm at like three and a half, which is fantastic. Yes. Uh, my parents, when they bought their first house, it was like nine or 10%. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that's that's – different mm-hmm. so prices were a lot lower than yeah two. that's also true yeah <laughs> they had like pensions and, my dad you know, was like, like well my first house was 16 percent dakota and i'm like how much was that house One hundred fifty thousand dollars. now it's worth 1.4 million in california Jeez. yeah <laughs> okay dad right <laughs> it's like i don't want to say it on air <laughs> i can't i'll get bleeped no i won't get bleeped i have yet to have a bleep moment on nick snacks oh this could be your first no Oh, you've you've had many. I just randomly bleep you out. Oh, that's fair. Whenever I mention Blackhawks, oh, the the beep, and it's Micah dubbed over Broncos are my favorite team. I love when they won the Stanley beep Lombardi Trophy. Nice. I don't know. I'm I'm afraid to ask Micah to do a Nick impersonation. I'm afraid to do one too. <laughs> Next week we're gonna. Oh, that's be that'd be a fun segment to do of everyone. No, we impersonate each other. Go around the room exactly. see who can impersonate Nick. Us. No, oh. no, it's not gonna happen. So Dakota, where do you see yourself in five years? You're two years into this this new journey of a goal that you set out with what eight years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. So what does Dakota in five years look like? So five years for me is having a team that I'm teaching to do the same thing that I'm doing right now. 
So last year was my first year in the business. I did $30 million in loan volume. This year I'm going to do about the same. Uh, and I'm looking not bringing on like a junior probably at the end of this year. And I would love to have a couple of juniors, an office here for NFM in Greeley that I'm running, and then teaching people to do what I've done on TikTok and in my forward business um, yeah, I'm curious what, what the do. the difference you see in kind of going about marketing yourself on social media. I know it 